Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Here we go. The team is all here. Jen's here. Jamie's here. And yes, I'm back as well. Uh, I want to thank everyone for uh, the well wishes and concern. Um, I'm going to hang around on the podcast, have some fun with these guys, and talk some hockey today. So let's uh, let's get right to her. Obviously, I want to ask you guys one question. When you heard about the Ottawa Sickos and the way they were cheering for this team, and then they pop up last night at the rink, and Ottawa, the team, the Senators, everyone around them is embracing this. You know, obviously, we look at Ottawa and the players they have and where they're going to be. And uh, Jen and Jamie, you both know, beginning of the season, I said they will be a pesk for everybody else. They'll be a thorn in team sides. And that's what they've been to Montreal and Toronto this season. But the whole Sickos thing is taking on a life of its own. I wonder what you guys think. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. A little bit of personality, a little bit of flair. Jen, what do you think about the Sickos? I, this is complete news to me. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well, do a quick little Google search and put it Ottawa Senators Sickos. Um, you'll see a little graphics and the things that fans have come up with. Um, you know, they said it because this season, you know, if you're cheering for the Ottawa Senators, you have to be a sicko. You have to be crazy. You have to be mental. You have to be whatever. And, I mean, if you could just pop up that picture and look at the sickos, uh, cartoons in the stands. I think it's great that the team is acknowledging the fan base and, you know, running with something and finally, you know, kind of, I guess, putting the fans first when we know this organization lately over the past couple of years hasn't really been fan friendly, whether it's the charity stuff, whether it's Eugene Melnick, whether it's players, whatever it is, they haven't been very fan friendly. And this year it's easy. It's simple. Uh, it's taken on a life of its own, but it's fun. And I wanted to acknowledge it because the Ottawa Senators haven't been fun for a while. And John, I know you're going to listen to this. So shout out to uh, the PA guy to the Ottawa Senators, John Trache. We were just chirping each other via DM before we came on here. Um, you know, he said, yeah, I forgot to rub the salt in the wound this morning. But, um, you know, it's fun to think about the Ottawa Senators with this. So I wanted to get your guys' opinion. Jamie, have you seen the sicko stuff? What do you think about it? It's it's pretty cool. So it Remember when Ottawa had Andrew Hammond and the Hamburglar? The Hamburglar. So I actually was at a game when the Ottawa Senators won and hamburgers, actual hamburgers, were thrown on the ice. So I could, I could, I know what's going on. They they need some sort of morale boost um, because at the beginning, like you said, TSN, TSN, TSN Sportsnet. Any procrastinator, however you pronounce that word, said Ottawa's going to finish in the basement, seventh place in the Canadian division. So they need every type of boost that they can get right now just to kind of boost morale. But, man, they're flying. Like, they, this is just an added bonus to uh, to the morale. But it, it's good to see. I'm, I've got a soft spot for the Ottawa Senators, like you know. So it, it, I'm embracing it. So I... I yeah. You Andrew keep King, spot with John, and you just keep yeah. that aside, buddy. Come on now. Yeah, but uh, Andrew King had a good thing on on Twitter at Twit and Drew King on Twitter. So his little blurb there on Twitter uh, pretty much sums the whole thing up. So, oh yeah. Well, John, what do you think? Now that you've seen him, or maybe you looked him up there for a second. What I don't do you know. Think is, this, is, this, is this a cash grab? Or personally, I don't see how this is going to motivate the players. Um, I know. Well, like I said, I don't think it's for the players. I think yeah. it's just the, the I mean, team acknowledging the fans, right? I mean, they know it's a shit year. 
And you can buy one for 20, 75 bucks. And this has been around since uh, 2015. And then I guess it's starting to pick up with Ottawa. But it seems like a cash grab thing to me. Um, and I mean, the Senators have a pretty decent sized fan base. Um, I don't know. I'm not into gimmicks, James. You know, like on my know. Side, I mean, listen, when your team is no good on the ice, you got nothing to show people. You got to show them something. You got to do something to show that you. And it was the Ottawa fans that called themselves sickos, right? It was a fan base who started it by themselves, and then the team got involved with it. So it started off as a as a fantasy thing through all the fans calling each other sickos and over sickos and all this stuff. And yeah, the original, uh, like sickos, I said, the original sickos image comes from a drawing by Ward Sutton, aka Stan Kelly. It was published in the Onion in 2015 and has since gained widespread appeal online. Oh yeah, for sure. But like I said, it's the Ottawa Senators fans have ran with it, right? So I mean, I don't know if they're cash grab for the Senators per se, but yeah, for sure. Obviously, if you're buying one of those things, but I think the Sens bought some of them and put them in the stands to acknowledge the fans of what they've been doing. That's all. Seventy-five dollars. So I was just reading about it. It says the team's official customizable cutouts cost about seventy-five dollars each. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Well, all right, just stop on my feel-good story years. <laughs> well, they're buying the they're buying the jerseys. You know, it's, I'd be I'd rather be buying a cutout at seventy-five dollars and buying a new Sens jersey for two hundred. So, <laughs> if that was... didn't, didn't the didn't the Senators beat the Leafs last night? They did. They did. We'll get to that in a little bit. But I just wanted to jump on the the old sickle bandwagon first. But um, you you look at a team like the Ottawa Senators, and I want to say. I look at a guy like Mark Mathod, who's coming out with the podcast now. I think with is with Wallace there. Um, Wally and Mathod, the Wally and Mathod yeah, podcast. Wally I'm actually a huge fan, by the way. Not a big deal, but uh, anyway, continue. <laughs> continue. But um, you look at Mark Mathod saying that the uh, the Ottawa Senators within a couple of years will be better than the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I look at it and I say they have the right pieces up front, but they need goaltending. And yeah, you know Joey OK or Joey Decord or whatever you want to call him. Um, you know, you know, play on the French team there because the court obviously is okay. Um, you know, came out and got a victory for them last night. Um, but I don't see them being leaps and bounds like Mark Mathot said, but that's a smart thing you do. You say things like that and you rile fan bases and you poke the bear, and you shake the beehive or whatever. And then a win like last night from the Ottawa Senators, you know, flashes of Stutzla and Drake Batherson and just guys like that to chuck you know, that are going to be in this lineup for a long time. It gives the Ottawa fans something to the fruit on the stick or whatever you want to call it to chew on. But I look at a game like last night for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and we'll jump all over them right now. Um, you know, it's not good sledding for Toronto. What's that? That's five losses in the past six. Um, you know, the team has looked listless a little bit. Obviously, you got Matthews banged up. Apparently, Nylander's dealing with an injury. Uh, Freddie, obviously, there's a groin or a knee injury there. Uh, some of his moves don't look, you know, as fluid as they usually do. A little stiff, if you ask me. Um, you're waiting for Wayne Simmons, but he's not the end-all, be-all. Joe Thornton and Jason Spezza have slowed down a little bit. Obviously, with the grind of the season, that's going to happen. We're lucky we got this break coming up. But I want to ask you, Jen, first, you look at a team like this, every team in the Atlantic Division that has gone on to some sort of success, whether it's Montreal, Edmonton, whether it's Calgary or their spurts when they were doing well, um, they've all hit that rough patch. 
And for me, I think Toronto's hitting that rough patch now. And I'm wondering, you know, it's a, it's about what the team can do when they bounce out of the rough patch. Not what, what they're doing while they're in it, but what did they do to get past it and how do they solve it? How do they figure it out? They got time. They got three games in 10 days, you know, coming up here, which a lot of people are saying this is their trade window. But we'll get to that in a little bit. What do you think, Jen? What do you think of this team? What do you see? Do you see them bouncing out of it or no? I don't actually see a problem with them at all. I'm just looking at the uh, box score from last night, and they, they they came back and scored two goals in the third. I mean, it's not like they, you know, kind of like uh, shit the bed, so to speak, and let go. They're they're still in they're still in this game. I think it's just sometimes sometimes some teams you just can't beat them. It's like the Sharks in Buffalo for like 15 years. The Sharks didn't no matter how good they were, they couldn't beat the Buffalo Sabers. Could be the same kind of thing here. If the if the I think me and Jamie talked about this a little bit on Friday and how um, the momentum can keep building and when we see Wayne Simmons come back. It'll just keep growing. Now you mentioned um, uh, Joe Thornton and uh, Spetta have kind of let up a little bit. Well, they are aging players, and then they don't need to give it all. You guys are at the top of the. You guys are at the top of the. What do you call it? The standings, and you got to be able to utilize your time properly and your and your energy and and play when you need to play. You know what I mean? The Leafs aren't going to be playing the Senators in the in, in the playoffs. So why are they going to you know blow their blow their tires out against a team that they're not facing it's all about it's all about like you know management managing your team your your games properly who you gotta you play the better against and so on and so forth so I don't think there's anything to be worried about with regards to the Leafs they're a hot team and I mean injuries are gonna happen but they're gonna I think they're gonna just keep flying that's my take what, what do you think Jamie well in the in the last 10 they're, they're five and five right the, on a two-game losing streak um, I echo what Jen just mentioned. I, I'm not overly concerned, um, but if you want to go, if you want to deal with a losing streak, better to do it now than before the playoffs. Because we know, look at those St. Louis Blues, right? They were they were crap right till January. They turned it around February, March, and they had that Stanley Cup run. So, you know, if you're going to go through a period where it's ups and downs, um. I'm not going to mention names, but there's people on Twitter over the weekend. Oh, we would love to have the Wayne train back. You just said that, James. We don't need, like, the Wayne train's not going to help the situation. Freddie Anderson at the moment has an 890 save percentage in the last odd amount of games. Like, teams go through this type of uh, spell, right? So it's, I'm not overly concerned. We're still in the top four in the standings. Um, Simmons should be back by the end of the month. Six week, six week healing period should be ending very soon. So I, I'm not overly concerned. Like, um, but we got four days off. We play. Uh, Calgary. Yeah, we play. Yeah, we play the Calgary Flames twice, and then we've got the Senators, Oilers, Oilers, Jets. So, um. You don't want to run out of gas. You don't want to. You don't want to give it all too soon. Like and like yeah. Jamie was just saying, he, it, now's the time to kind of let up. I mean, you don't want to lead up and play too hard and have injuries leading into the playoffs. I think everything's fine. I don't think any, there's any reason to be to be worried. Now, I, I I have to be honest. I haven't really been following the Leafs as hard as I should be, but they've been playing at the same time as Pittsburgh for the most part, um, or I've been working. And uh, well, but Jen, I pay attention. Jen, and, oh sorry, Jen. Soon you're going to be watching. Crosby on Colorado. So you're going to be a Colorado fan? 
Okay. So, anyways, um, <laughs> we're gonna we're we're gonna stay on 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 topic here. Uh, yeah, I know. And um, what you gotta what you gotta keep in mind is, you know, you play too hard, you get injured. You know, we can't afford to have those injuries leading into the playoffs. It's a short season, so whatever the coaches are doing, maybe they they they've had this internal conversation saying, you know what, let's kind of pump the brakes a little bit, um, and kind of you know take it easy for a little bit. Um, they can afford to do this, and I, for any Leaf fan, I would not be worried by a stretch. I mean, if you look at if you look at the game of Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, even we or uh, uh, Nylander. I mean, these are some kids that are phenomenal. They're flying. They want this. There's there's the hunger. It's a different team this year, so I wouldn't worry so much. We're just waiting for James to reconnect there, Jen. If you wanted to keep talking about something. Oh, there you go. What's up? We got James back. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's it. I really don't like I said. I don't know if you heard that, James, but I, I don't see there's anything to worry about. I think this is just a team that's just trying to take, you know, take it easy for a little bit um, to avoid burning out or injury. Well, look, I'll say this: there is something to worry about a little bit. Um, I think yeah. Michael Hutchison's played his last game as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Um, <laughs> those two soft goals, and it's supposed to be a night off for Freddie. Uh, you have to put him in the net quickly. Uh, because of what happened with Mr. Hutchinson. Uh, great AHL goalie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear everybody saying, oh, he shut out McDavid. But more often than not, you don't feel comfortable with Hutchinson than that. I see a lot of people saying, and the way the Toronto Maple Leafs play as well in front of Freddie, it's starting to get to the same thing where they don't feel comfortable with Freddie. And I love Freddie. I've been on the Freddie bandwagon. I want him back in Toronto, um, you know, with the flat cap. It may not cost you more than what he's getting paid now to keep him in Toronto. But I think this team desperately needs Mr. Jack Campbell back. That steadying force for your backup goaltender. Um, you know, just what he brings to the team is huge. Um, who knows when he's going to be back? Obviously, we haven't heard too much. He's with the team. Wool went back down to the Marlies. Um, so he is the third goalie with the team right now. Hopefully, after this break, he comes back. But that is a concern for me right there. And another concern that I have as well is, and I talked with Clark Monroe, and Jamie, you talked to Clark probably about this too. We talked about Austin Matthews and his wrist. If you got a guy like Austin Matthews with that wrist injury, um, you, you got to let him, you know, you got to let him heal. I know he wants to play. I know the medical staff said you can't do any more damage to it. It's an injury you can play through that'll get it back to full health. But if I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs, I look at Austin Matthews and I say, hey, I want this guy for the tail end of the season, for the push drive. I want this guy ready for the playoffs. You know, I don't want anything lingering. You know, I don't know why they wouldn't shut him down, especially going into this. I said, if you shut him down uh, in the Ottawa game all the way until now when they play Calgary, you know, you would have given him ample amount of time to rest that wrist, rehab it, do whatever. Um, I, I said they should have shut him down last week on Wednesday, but he wants to play through it. But I look at the backup goaltending and I look at some of the players with nagging injuries. And Jen, you, you talk about taking it easy and resting. You know, <clears throat> they should rest these guys. Uh, they got enough guys in the taxi squad to fill players in, um, you know, and go with a, a lesser lineup. They won without Matthews. Tavares stepped up, you know, and Willie Nylander stepped up. Players stepped up when Matthews was out. So why not rest some of these guys now and let them heal up? Because the push drive's coming and it's only going to get harder. And you look at Winnipeg, they're not far behind, four points back, games in hand. They're ready to rock. Montreal, well, they fell off. Calgary, two-game heater, looking to catch Montreal. 
Edmonton's hot, McDavid and Dreisaitl. So what do you do? You know, I think you rest these guys and ensure yourself because everybody thinks they've won the division. Everybody's saying they're going to win it. Well, maybe they are. But here's the thing. It's great to win the division. It's great to win the in-season championships or whatever you want to call them, trophies. You know, go put that on the rack. But I want the big one at the end. And if you guys see this, if these players aren't ready to play, then they're screwed. They're absolutely screwed. And I think, Jen, to go to your point again, if they're going to be taking games off or resting guys or whatever it is they're doing in-game with these guys in the lineup, just let them sit in the press box. Let them rest. Let them rest, especially this period coming up here where you got three games in 10 days. I would give Austin Matthews the rest of it off. Say we'll see you after those 10 days. See you later. Yeah, he's not the only. He's not the reason they're losing. I'm, I talked about this with Clark this morning before going on his. Yeah, I'm not saying that he's a reason they're losing. I'm just saying if really you have true. guys with nagging injuries, they shouldn't be playing. You want these guys for your stretch run. You know, yeah, you can play through these injuries, but how long does it take to come back from what he has? And is he going to be ready for the playoffs at 100? percent If the answer is any shade of no, I'd sit him. And let him heal up. I know he wants to chase the rocket, but hey, yeah. you see how good he was ripping those shots when his wrist was healthy and how many goals he was scoring. So why can't he get back to that when he comes back? And like I said, he's not the reason they're losing, not by any stretch of the means. But if he's not 100% Austin or 70 to 80% Austin, then why do you want him in your lineup? Yeah, best rest him now before the playoffs, 100%. Yeah. That's that's where that's where I'm at. Same thing. You know, I look at Jack Campbell, you know, heal up, buddy. Heal up for as long as you need to heal up, but we need you back because Hutch ain't getting it done. Freddie's a little shaky. And, like, they keep saying on the broadcast that Freddie's still dealing with a hip or a knee problem. So he's supposed to be your horse in the playoffs and you're just letting him run out there and play? You know, I, I don't know. There's another person I'm like, it's like, well, let him heal up. You know, you hear them talk about Willie Nylander. I don't know what's wrong with Willie Nylander, but everybody who covers the lease, whether it's Dave Alter, whether it's Terry Koshan, they all say that he's dealing with something and he's just playing through it, which guys play through a lot of things. But I don't know, man. This this team has the makings, and Jen, maybe, maybe I'm wrong here, but they have the makings right now of doing something special, and I think they're a move or two away from doing that. Um, wonder what you guys think of that. I've I've good I've got good feelings for this team. I that, that hasn't changed. I I mean I can understand your position on players that are uh, that should be rested when they're, they're they're maybe slightly injured or whatever. But you know what? Hockey players are tough and they want to win, and the Leafs are doing well. So it doesn't surprise me that these players aren't looking for rest and they want to keep playing. Um, I, for me, I'm not the Leaf fan that you guys are, but like I just sit back and enjoy this rather than looking for problems. Like honestly. You've got a good team, and things look good. That's just me, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm... Oh, yeah definitely. Well, we're just uh, – welcome to the wagon, by the way. But, you know, <laughs> well, when trust it, when me, it... the wagon gets a lot less uncomfortable the second half of the season from the first half. We, we it... see the show. Well, it bothers me, too, that you mentioned something about people are already saying that the Leafs won the division. Who cares about the division title? That's it. That's it. Hey, look at you know, look at Tampa Bay. Sorry to interrupt, Jen. Tampa Bay didn't they win the president or the whatever cup that was to, to win the division? And, and, yeah. yeah, and then they turn around and get swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, 
Um, you know, it means nothing. <laughs> uh, it, it means it means a diddly squat, right? So it's. So let's talk about this. Obviously, we're, we're talking about the Leafs, and we're talking about guys coming back and getting rested, and et cetera, et cetera. So the Leafs pull off a move. They trade a, uh, you know, KHL leading scoring defenseman Miko Lettinen. Uh, everybody had high hopes for him. They traded him over to Columbus for a goaltender that I won't even try to pronounce his name. I'll butcher it all the heck. But apparently he's a guy who's a, a project goalie, but could project to be something that we, we might see down the line. But I look at that move, and Jamie, you had asked me if we we're going to talk about this. I look at that move, and I say they traded him because they are going to make a move on this defense because they're not going to be able to get him into the lineup, and they promised him playing time. He won't be able to get in the lineup. Not only that, you have Lilligren and Sandine who are both NHL ready. But to me, letting Lettinen go on a trade like that signifies that they have something they're working on on the back end because he won't get in the lineup. And you look at Dermott. Dermott has not been. He's been so hot and cold this season. That's the guy that I see sitting as the seventh D come playoff time. And I think it's a Savard or an Ekholm. That'll be coming to Toronto. Um, Savard more likely than Ekholm. There's so many teams in on Ekholm. But the ask for for either of those guys is two prospects plus a first-round pick. And Toronto wants to bolster their up front, too, their top six. So, Jamie, I'll ask you a two-parter. What do you think of the trade for Miko Lennon? And what do you think the Toronto Maple Leafs will do? We'll talk about the back end first to address the back end. And, Jen, I'll get you to answer right after. Fitting and lining, that's, that's, how, that's what I'm going with. Um, so um, Clark actually mentioned this on the weekend, and I'm, I'm not stealing all of his words, um, but he said it best, and I agree. Uh, so what's what's going to happen is we've got to go back to the Aaron Dell situation, right? We've got Fitting and lining playing in the AHL once he does his quarantine. He'll be playing the AHL with the Marlies. They want to keep that winning formula. They want to have jo- Joseph Wall, um, Ian Scott, who is also with the Marlies, is injured at the moment, so they, they need it goaltending depth. So now they've got Vinalainen and uh, Joseph Wall in the, with the Marlies. Um, and then they wanted to keep that third goaltending spot for Hutchinson. So then you got Campbell and Anderson. So they don't want to get into the same predicament as before when they lost Aaron Dell to waivers. Um, it's that type of year where you're going to go to waivers. Teams are going to pick you up just because, um, for whatever reason. So that that was really I, the reason I believe that the Toronto Maple Leafs made the trade. Um, and in my opinion, Lettinen really didn't play that well five on five. It, it was a bigger ice surface over in the K, um, and you know his. Five on four play was a little bit better than his five on five. Um, at the moment, Sandine he's hurt, uh, twenty years old. Lettinen's twenty seven. Uh, maybe they they gave him time. Uh, look at Zaitsev last year, right? They they brought in Zaitsev and he didn't pan out. Um, so now it seems like the same um, ordeal with with Lettinen. Uh, they just said, okay, you're twenty seven. Uh, we just don't see a future for you here in the organization. Uh, we've got Sandine, 20 years old. That That's our guy we want to, because we drafted that guy. So we, we don't want to throw our draft draft players to the wolves, right? So um, I really think that's the, the situation right now. Gives gives them five goalies that they can use. And 
Um, I think that's what Dubas's angle was make before he made the trade with Columbus. So that's that's all I really got to say about that situation. But I think that's really the the ultimate uh, the ultimate thing that Dubas wanted to do to have the five five goalies on the depth chart, right? So. What do you think, Jen? I had no idea. So. <laughs> I can't speak on this, James. I'm sorry. I had no. I just like learned a, a whole bunch of new stuff right now, and I'm trying to process it. Not a worry. Not a worry. It's okay. Yeah, sorry. So, I can't. I can't so speak we'll, we'll, put our, we'll put our fantasy hats on here now, and we'll look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I'll say, for me, the Toronto Maple Leafs need someone up front to play with uh, JT and Willie, and they need someone on the back end. I say a Savard or an Ekholm or whatever, a player that comes to mind that nobody seems to be talking about. Apparently Detroit is fully open for business. This guy's 26. He's an RFA. He's got a little snarl to his game. He can score. Uh, I like Tyler Batuzzi. I like him a lot. Uh, what he can bring to the lineup, he would be an agitator. He would be a guy who could score. He could drop the bits. He can hit. Um, you know, the asking price where he's an RFA and young and all that good stuff where he's controllable will probably be pretty high. But I can see him slotting in nicely in the top six for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, you know, and then on the back end, like I said, for me, it's between two guys, Savard or, or Ekholm. I know they have to make the cap work. And me, me and a few others were thinking of fun situations where you can make that work. You go maybe trade for a Ryan Kessler's contractor. You go trade for a Ryan Callahan contract and you allow yourself to go over the cap because hell, that's what Tampa's doing with Kucherov. He's already skating and, you know, he's not going to be quote unquote ready until the playoffs, but that gives Tampa what $9.5 million over the cap to spend and, you know, keep this merry band together. So I don't know. I think Toronto could benefit for doing that again. We did it with loophole. We did it with Clarkson uh, with those contracts, putting us over the cap. So I think that might be something just to get themselves a little bit more flexibility and maybe not have to subtract so much from the roster, but I'm looking at those guys. Another name bandied about was Arvid center Grandlin. Uh, apparently Nashville's open for business, but Jen, if you were looking at the Toronto Maple Leafs and saying, okay, we're going in, we're pushing our chips in. This is the playoffs. We're going to go for it. What are you adding? Who do you want to add? Uh, who specifically, I couldn't give you a name, but I definitely be looking at, at the, at the, at defenseman. Um, like, like I said, I haven't been covering watching the Leafs too, too, too tough. Um, but in anything and, and playoffs come down to good defense and goaltending. So that's where I'd be looking for sure. What about you, Mr. Annecy? What are you picking up for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, um, it was mentioned over the weekend, Ricard Raquel at 3.79 million does have a year left on his contract. So he's a bit steep. Um, I strongly the believe price is too high on him. Yeah, uh, uh, that was that was that was talked about over the weekend. But um, Michael Michael Granlin would be the would the would be the uh, most obvious pick for myself. Um, on the back end, you also have Mark Stahl, um, but he's he's at five point seven million, so he'd ha- he'd have to take a a significant discount to uh, play on the back end. He plays on Detroit, Mark Stahl, so. Um, Matthias Ekholm, David Savard, uh, one of them's going to Winnipeg. So that's and uh, 
let's not even talk about Taylor Hall and his $8 million. So um, <laughs> we can talk about the list all day. Actually, uh, like Tanner Pearson, um, Bobby Ryan's a million dollars, so he's pretty cheap. But, um, hey, it's uh, it's about a month away to the trade deadline, so a lot of speculation still to come before the April 12th deadline. So Yeah, see, for the April 12th deadline, this, this is why I said a lot of people say Toronto's window is right now because you got that two-week quarantine. And Toronto only plays three games within 10 days. So that gives them that chance to get a guy in and not have it impact their their uh, situation too much, whether it's taking a guy off the roster or adding a guy. Um, you know, it doesn't impact too, too much because you have that situation right there. Um, but I know I look at the, uh, I look at the Toronto Maple Leafs and I say, like, we need somebody up front. We need somebody on D and Jack Campbell needs to hurry his ass up and get back on the, the, the goaltending thing. The last thing I want to get on with you guys here is, um, the misery that is the Buffalo Sabres. Um, you know, it's, it's a very sad, sad situation. Jen, we, we talked a lot over the summer and, you know, leading into the season about culture, about, you know, a locker room where guys are connecting and chemistry. And I can tell you, I've never seen a team more disjointed than the Buffalo Sabres. It doesn't matter if your name is Jack Eichel who's out with a, a migraine because he can't stand this team or, you know, Jeff Skinner or Taylor Hall, uh, Rasmus Risterlein. Hey, you forgot that I was a number one overall pick, uh, Rasmus Dalene, you know, all okay, well, I'm going to gonna cut you off there. I, the, the Pens yeah. just played the, the Sabres the last two games and yeah. we, the Pens won three, nothing or three. Uh, is it three, nothing last night? Yeah, three nothing. We scored on on a power play goal and then two empty netters. I'll be honest with you, I was quite impressed with the Sabers last night or uh, Saturday night. They actually were more connected. Um, they were out hitting Pittsburgh. They're winning more face off battle or face off battles. And I mean, the first game, you think you'd look at the Pens and you'd be like, are they even talking to each other on the ice? I mean, we won both games. But it just felt like a disconnect where I saw more connection with the Sabres. And then I go look at the standings and I'm like, these poor bastards have only won six games. Right. So you got to look at you got to look at things. You got to wonder. And like we did talk about if there's a disconnect, I just think the disconnect might be more with front office than it is within the players because they looked they didn't look bad uh, Saturday night. I'll be honest with you. I was surprised the Pens came out the victors in that game. Yeah, like I said, I look at it as a whole. I mean, it's good that they got that game. They look good. But, I mean, it's Buffalo right now. Uh, it looks like Jack Eichel's going to go to the New York Rangers. Uh, that's your that's your key piece, right? I mean, that's a guy that you're supposed to build around and have a future. Uh, there's there's something in the water in Buffalo. Nobody can change my mind about that. Uh, they, they need a culture infusion, if you will. They need a, a chef row. Yeah. And, and deal with things because I don't know, man. Uh, look, you look at players like Ryan O'Reilly lost his love of hockey in Buffalo. Now goes to the St. Louis blues, wins the cup, becomes the captain and yeah. is all worldly again. You know, players leave Buffalo and become the players they were. Look at Zach Bogosian wanted out of Buffalo so bad. He said, terminate my contract. I don't want the money. Just let me go. You know, so, I mean, there's got to be something there that we don't get to see. Um, I don't know if it's the Pagoulas. I don't know what it is, but something's got to change. 
I know we are running out of time, Jamie. I see you're handing me the, the time clock there. So one quick thought each of you on the Buffalo Sabres and where do they go from here? Jen, go first. I think they got to look at the front office, like I said. Um, start there, rebuild, get the right people involved. I don't know. I'm not even a big fan of the GM personally, or sorry, the owners personally. So it's, it's just an overhaul there and then trickles down to the, the, the roster. Go ahead, Jamie. Uh, I I actually like it's it's unfortunate like Kevin Adams is doing he's a GM there in Buffalo they had Bottlewell and he, he's now in Seattle so I it's tough to say I, I they need a they need to trade Eichel goes to the Rangers get some picks back uh, Tyler Hall and just build around build around uh, Darlene um, Carter Hart. Carter Hutton is a good goalie. Build around him. Rest the Um Yeah, it's, it's just a tough, tough situation. And I really feel bad for friend of the show, Ryan Burgess, man. Like, I, I just hope for his sake that that team can uh, turn it around. Players don't like playing in Buffalo, not because of their, their teammates. It has to do with something in the front office. That's where it starts. That's where the problems, and that's, that's everything starts there. So... I, I I'll say I'm going to say that, and I'm going to end with that. But the problem isn't the roster. No, I'll agree with you 100. percent You know, when you go to work and you don't like your bosses or you don't like the uh, atmosphere around your workplace because of upper management, you tend not to do a good job, tend not to be motivated to do a good job, and exactly. tend not to want to go the extra mile for anyone. You're disjointed, and you just can't wait to go the hell home, which is where we're going right now, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for having us back. Everybody's popped up excited. Got a few DMs already about this. So this is Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk.